for the power of your Holy Spirit to move in our midst, continue to move. Lord, you bring health and healing and wholeness to us in every area of our life. You break strongholds. You set the captives free. God, it's all about you. It's all about a relationship with you. So, Father, we thank you that we can come boldly into your throne of grace, to your throne of grace, and present our petitions to you and just rest in your presence. Father, thank you for your great love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Uh, you know, there are times when you just don't want to leave this place. And uh, I think this is really timely for us this morning because this new series I'm starting is Alone with God. And so we want to really continue to press in. And this should be a more normal place for us. It should be a place of, of uh, regularity for us where we're coming into his presence. So thank you, team. Thank you guys for entering into worship. Amen. Um, you may be seated. Uh, at this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth. You guys are released to go back. And I'm going to switch to my mic now. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, do I need to switch over, Cisco? Okay. All right, bear with us. As, as we told you last week, we're, we have a new sound system, and uh, I need a music stand. Can I? Uh, thanks. So if you will continue to bear with us, we're working through some of these issues, and we will get there. And so thank you so much for your patience. Can you raise that up a little bit? <laughs> okay. All right. Oops. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it's been a little bit of a rough morning this morning, but we're pressing on and we're, we're going through. And I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning. And, uh, uh, you know, over the past uh, 10 weeks, I guess, I've been sharing about this new thing that the Lord is doing and a habit in our life of where we're beginning to spend time with him every day. You know, there are times when even just a 30-second time with God can really do amazing things. God can begin to show us things and speak to us about things. Cisco, I'm still getting a, a hum up here. Okay. You want me to switch mics? You're good? Okay. So this morning, uh, this, this series is Alone with God, and uh, the, the, the teaching this morning is Jesus Demonstrated. And we're going to be going to um, primarily three verses or three passages of scripture. We'll be going to John chapter 5, verse 19. I know I've gotten out of order for you guys back there. Uh, Hebrews 2, 14 through 18, and Matthew 26, 36 through 46. Jesus knew the benefits of spending quality time with the Father. And in John chapter 5, 
Jesus is speaking to the Jewish leaders and he's telling them that he's equal with God. And that's a whole nother teaching and, and I'm not gonna go there this morning. But that only caused them to become more irate and more determined to kill him at that point in time. But Jesus is also saying that Jesus, the man, was submitted to the will of the Father. And so that's what I wanna look at this morning. I wanna go to John, first, uh, first off, I wanna go to John chapter five, verse 19. And then we're going to jump, jump down into Hebrews and then we'll come back to it. But in John 5, 19, Jesus explained, he says, so I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. Jesus being fully God, but coming to earth as man, experienced all the temptations that you and I experience. And, and so I want us to understand this morning that we can call on him because he's experienced all the things that we've gone through, all the struggles that we've gone through. We have a, a, a God that can totally relate to, to us. In fact, my first point is Jesus can totally relate to you. A lot of people think of Jesus being up there on a throne or sitting next to the throne of God and, and next to the Father and, and he's unapproachable, kind of like the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain. But Jesus is totally accessible to us. And... Um, he can relate to everything that we're going through, all of our challenges. So let's go now to Hebrews chapter, chapter 2, and then we're going to come back to John 5. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, the writer is quoting from Psalm 8. And it says that as humans, we are made a little bit lower than the angels. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. You can go back and read Hebrews chapter 2 uh, later. Um, but the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, that Jesus was given a position a little lower than the angels. So we were made, we were created a little lower than the angels, but Jesus was given a position a little bit lower than the angels when he came to earth. And I was trying to think of a good example, and this is kind of a backwards example, but I think you'll get the point here. Imagine that your boss, your supervisor, your manager, whoever, goes out of town and they say, listen, listen, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. I've got to, either they go out on vacation or they go out on a special project and they, and they come to you and they say, I would like for you to be in charge of this department or I would like you to be supervisor while I'm gone. So when they come back, you don't tell them, okay, I'm the boss now. You go wash my car and, and you go do my job, right? They come back and you go back to your position and, and they fill their role as a manager. They have never left their position. They have just gone on a special task or vacation or whatever, and you have filled that position. And so Jesus was created higher than the angels. We, and we find in John chapter 1, we clearly see that Jesus existed in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So everything that was crea created, by, uh, created was created by him and for him and through him. Uh, I was going to bring a prop, but I forgot to bring it this morning. Uh, you may go to a class where maybe, um, maybe you're making things out of clay, vases, or, or little things or, you know, whatever they make in those classes. And so maybe you make, say you, say you make uh, this little puppy dog and you create this little puppy dog out of clay and it's real sweet and you've created it and you blow on that, that little 
thing that you've made. You're not giving it life. It doesn't come to life. Now, you created something, but it doesn't have life. And John 1 says that Jesus created everything and gave life to everything. So his position is God, but he came to earth to be submitted to the, God, to the Father to be a little bit lower than the angels. He didn't lose his position. He just came to save all of humanity. I mean, you know, come on. That's all he came to do. What an amazing thing. What an amazing thing that he, Jesus came to restore all of humanity back to the Father. Wow, what an amazing thing. And so we're so thankful for that. Um, so let's go back. Uh, well, let's go back to Hebrews 2, verse 14 through 18. And I say all he did. You know that I'm just saying that facetiously, right? He did an amazing thing by restoring all of humanity back to God the Father. What an awesome thing. Okay, Hebrews 2, 14 says, Because God's children... Are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. Continues on, for only as a human being could he die. He could not die as God. God God's not dead. God can't die. But as a human being, he could come to earth and he could go to the cross and die for all of our sins. Jesus is eternal. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning, he existed. He's always been. I cannot comprehend that. I don't fully understand how that can be, but I believe God's word. I can't comprehend eternity. I can't comprehend living for all of eternity. But just because I can't comprehend it doesn't mean that it's not a truth and a reality. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Verse 15, only in this way could he set all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Only in this way could he set us free. And so we sang about it this morning, about how we're free in Jesus' name. He came to set us free. He came to set the captives free. He came to bring health and healing and wholeness to our lives that we may walk in the fullness of life. John 10.10 10 says what? And the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have abundant life. Jesus came that we would have abundant life. Are we walking in those things? Are we helping those that are caught up in all kinds of addictive behaviors or, or lost? Are we helping them find the truth of God? Are we giving them the hope of Christ that they can walk in the fullness of life as well? Only in this way, by dying on the cross, could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We, verse 16, we also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. He came to help people. He came to help you and me. Jesus came to help us. And, the world, and, and also not just us in the church, sitting in the church today, but the people that are not in church today, the people that need to know him. And uh, I'm going to read another scripture. You can scroll back to Hebrews chapter 1. And it's very clear that Jesus is higher than the angels. And the position of the angels is to help us. 
to serve us. Hebrews 1.14 says, Therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. We've inherited salvation. We've come into the kingdom of God because we've accepted Christ. Our, the angels are there to help us. And support us to do the work of God, the Father. And so as he says, go and do this, they go and do whatever he says to do. And sometimes they're helping us. Okay, so let's go back to Hebrews 2, verse 16. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Verse 17, therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. Okay, so my first point is Jesus can totally relate to you because he's been made in every way to be like us. When he came to earth as a man, it says made in every respect like us. So Jesus can relate to the challenges and the sufferings and the pain. I don't know if Jesus ever put his hand on a hot, picked up a hot coal. He may have had more sense than that. But I know that he's, he experienced pain. I know that he has experienced pain that you and I have probably never experienced. Death on a cross, being nailed to a cross. He experienced pain. He had emotions. Jesus wept. Have you ever wept? Have you ever been in pain? Have you ever gone through things? Jesus went through things. A, a lot of the religious leaders rejected him. Jesus has gone through challenges and pain and suffering, the same kinds of things that we've gone through. I've never shot up heroin. I've never done real heavy drugs like that, but I've seen the damage caused. I don't have to, I don't have to shoot up heroin to say, listen, man, that's, that's no good for you. I don't have to hit my, my thumb again with a hammer to say, ooh, that hurts, don't do that. So Jesus has experienced everything that we have and will go through. Verse 17 in Hebrews 2. Therefore, it is necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. It continues on his brothers and sisters. He calls his brothers and sisters. It says that we're joint heirs with Christ so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. He could take away the sins of the people. This term, then he could offer a sacrifice to take away the sins of the people, is not like we would think where the priest would go to the temple and they would offer a sacrifice. It's not saying that he would go and offer a sacrifice. What it's meaning is that he is the sacrifice. That's good news. He is the sacrifice. That's what that term means. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. He couldn't do it if he didn't have authority to do it. And he had all authority given to him by the Father to go and atone for all of our sins. That's good news. Somebody should get excited about that. All right. Verse 18. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Jesus, help me. I need some help. And my wife may be crying out sometimes, Jesus, help me. I need some help with his husband. <laughs> Listen, we can cry out to him. We can call out to him anytime we need something. 
And it should not be a religious exercise. Dear God, I come to you today because I have a request. Come on, man. Just come into his presence. I need some help, Jesus. I need some help now. Do you have that kind of relationship with him? You know how it's developed? Like any other relationship, by spending time with him. And so that's what we're going to be talking about through this series. That's what I'm going to be challenging you with, is to spend time with him. Not as a religious exercise, oh, I've got to spend 30 minutes in prayer here. Come on, it's about a relationship. So my first point this morning is Jesus can totally relate to you. Do you understand that? Do you believe that? Do you know that? Do you know that you can take any problems, any challenges, anything to him? And not just our our petitions, but are we coming into his presence and saying, God, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to worship you. I I just want to hear your small, still voice speaking to me. I don't want to always be talking the whole time. Lord, what do you have to say to me this morning or today? Lord, I would like to take that knucklehead by the neck and just choke him. But Lord, what are you saying for me to do? What would you like for me to do in this situation? How do I handle this? Is there something in me that you're trying to extract? Is there something in me that you're trying to impart into me and fill me up with? So my first point is Jesus can totally relate to you. My second point is Jesus spent time with the Father. And I could have, we could have done a whole series probably on Jesus spending time with the Father. But I want to go to Matthew. Well, let me, before I go there, let's go back to John 5, 19. Jesus was fully man, fully God, and he spent time alone with the Father. So if Jesus spent time alone with the Father, I'm just saying, do you think we should? I think we should. So John 5, 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. While here on earth, Jesus was looking to the Father. What are you doing? What do you want me to do? What is our approach? Are we looking to the Father? Are we praying when situations come up? I know that there are a number of type A personalities out out there, and uh, we tend to take the bull by the horns and just go forward. But sometimes, probably all the time, we need to just stop and and take a moment and say, God, what, what are you doing in this situation? And I know that that pastoring a church requires that. There are times when I would just step in and say, okay, stop it, or do this, or don't do that, or whatever. But but I try to seek the Lord, and sometimes the Lord will say, wait, wait, stop, wait. I'm doing something here. Hold off just a moment, and let me see. And sometimes what I've seen is it's like the Lord is giving them grace for something and giving them time. And then sometimes they will, they will understand, and they'll, they'll begin to turn. And, and see God and, and God will begin to do something in their life. And then there are times when God will, will, it's almost like he says, okay, step in now. I've given them some time. I've given them grace. But it's always God's desire that he be gracious toward us and that he give us time to get it right. As Pastor Christine has mentioned so many times, grace is not permission to continue on doing what we're doing. It's, it's God giving us time to get it right. And I'm so thankful for God's grace because there's so many times I need it. I need it every day. And so Jesus is looking at the Father and he's saying, 
Abba, Father, Daddy, what are you doing in this situation? And so we need to take that same posture. Abba, Father, Daddy, what are you doing in this situation? How do you want me to handle this? So let me go back and read this whole passage again. Verse 19. So Jesus, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus was submitted to the father, even to death on the cross. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Verse 36 through 46. Then, then Jesus went with them to the olive garden called Gethsemane. And he said, sit there while I go over there to pray. Verse 37. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. So Jesus is going to the garden and he says, hey, you three guys come with me. You know, I need somebody here with me right now. I'm really distressed. I'm really uh, suffering right now in, 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 about, in what I'm about to go through. And, and I want you guys here with me. So he says in verse 38, he told him, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Stay here with me. Will you just be close? Can I, can I depend on you to just be in prayer with me? He's saying, I think he's saying in, in the vernacular, I think he'd be saying, hey, listen, guys, yo, dudes, I'm about to go through some serious stuff here. Can you pray with me? Can you stand with me? I need you right now. I need you to stand with me. Hebrews 2.14, because God's children are human beings, okay, I'm kind of jumping around here, made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as, human, only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So he's understanding what's about to happen. He knows that he's about to die. Not only die, but take on the sins of all the world. There's nobody here that can ever experience that because we could never be in that position to do that. So not only is it the, the physical death and the pain and the suffering, but it's also taking on the sins of the world. Verse 39 in Matthew 26, 39. He went a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. What person would want to go through that, that suffering? And I think Jesus is saying, Listen, Father, if there's another way that we can do this thing. So my, my third point is Jesus is completely real with the Father. Father, is, is there a way that this cup can be taken from me? So are you real with the Father when you're going through something? Are you really real with him? Are you authentic and honest with him? Let's look at Matthew 26, 39 again. He went a little farther and bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father... If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Totally submitted to the Father. Whatever I see the Father doing, 
That's what I'm going to do. And he saw the father leading him to the cross, to die on the cross, to take on the sins of the world for you and me. See, there was a greater picture here. There was a greater plan. The devil and the religious leaders, <laughs> they thought they were killing Christ. But in fact, Christ was dying for all of our sins. Total submission to the Father. That was the purpose for his death, that we could all be brought back into a relationship with God that was broken in the garden when Adam and Eve disobeyed. Sin entered into all of humanity. It became part of our DNA. And Jesus said, listen, I'm going to come and die on the cross. I'm going to conquer sin and death. I'm going to take on all the sins for the entire world. Matthew 26, 40. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. So, you know, he's, he's trying to get them to pray. And he says to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Now, in defense of the disciples, they just finished this huge meal. They'd had some wine. They'd had all this food. Think about Thanksgiving. Okay, even with football games and entertainment, how many of you fall asleep? You've had this huge meal, and you go and sit down and, to watch the football game or spend time with family, and next thing you know, everybody's kind of sacked out, snoring, <laughs> drooling on themselves, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they've just had this huge, huge meal, and, uh, and it, it's dark, and it's kind of comfortable, and you know, they found a little quiet, a little warm place on this rock over here. They're resting and praying. How many times have you been praying and fell, fallen asleep? <laughs> it happens, right? So he's, he's, uh, he's saying, listen, will you please pray for me? Can you stay awake? Matthew 26, 40. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Okay, now there's something there that we ought to stop on shouldn't shouldn't you even be able to pray one hour how many of us can even pray for 10 minutes and he's going to peter he says can't you just pray an hour i mean is that asking too much <laughs> so we need to be praying we need to develop the ability to pray for longer than 30 seconds <laughs> And stay awake, okay? You know, so we need to develop that in our lives. Again, not as a ritualistic exercise, but because we, as we begin to press into that relationship with God, we begin to grow. And it becomes a sweet time. It becomes a time that we understand that we need. And uh, as we do that more, we see the value in that. Okay, so let's look at verse 41 here. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Verse 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father... If this, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. There are times when we're going through things, and we can rally our family, we can rally our friends, we can rally our spouse, and they may fall asleep, and it's just us and the Lord. You know, that's not such a bad place sometimes, all the time, really. That, that sometimes we can't, we can't fix it ourselves. Nobody else can do anything except God. 
And so we just have to press into that place with him. We have to get alone with God and say, God, I don't understand what's going on here. I need some help. I need you to do something. I need a miracle. And as much as I love my wife, she can't do it. Only you can. So we need to press into him. So he went to pray a third time, saying the, thing, the same thing again. So are you honest? Are you authentic with God in your prayer time? Are you going to him and just pouring out your heart, knowing that he is the one that can bring healing? He is the one that can break strongholds. He is the one that can set the captives free. And so when we run into situations where we run into people that have strongholds in their life, the word says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. We need to be praying. They may not even know that, they, that they're bound up and they have strongholds. But if we pray, God can break those things. God can break the chains. God can bring healing. God can do those things. Jesus came to fix our broken lives. We all have brokenness in our lives. Someplace, there's brokenness, there's pain, there's something in our life that we need God to, to do. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same thing again. And then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead, sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Jesus came to a place where he said, God, if there's some way, Father, if there's some way you can take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And then he came to the place where he said, you know what, Father, I'm yielding to you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're at that place where you need to yield to him. My three points again, Jesus can totally relate to you. My second point was Jesus spent time with the Father. And my third point is Jesus is completely real with his Father. And I'd like for you to do that too. Let's develop that. Maybe you're going through something right now where you need the Lord to move in a miraculous way. We sang about it today. Nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? What God does is, you know, it's up to him. But the, the word says that we're to come boldly to the throne of grace to present our petitions to him. Come boldly to the throne of grace. We can cry out to him. We can be honest with him. We can be authentic with him. We can share the things with him that we wouldn't share with anybody else. He can handle it. I'd like for you to bow your heads this morning and close your eyes. Is there anyone here that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you did at one point in time, but you've walked away, or maybe God is speaking to your, pulling, pulling on the, your heartstrings right now, drawing you back to him. And maybe you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Anybody here this morning, there's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive everything that the Lord has for you. We're going to take a couple of minutes and just worship. And... Uh, I want you just to say, God, is there something else you want to say to me this morning? Is there something else you want to do in my life? Now let's just yield to the Father. Now let's just focus on Him right now.
and ask him if there's something else that he wants to say to us. as we go out this morning to God be the glory great things he has done not only has he done great things but he's going to do even greater things we need to position ourselves and posture ourselves and be ready for those things so I want to encourage all of us to be more deliberate and more committed to spending time alone with him really get alone with him and say God what are you speaking to me today Will you do that? And we'll be talking more about this. So go out and make a difference in the world around you. Be looking at the Father and saying, Father, what are you doing in this situation? And then go and do what you see him doing. Go and do what he asks you to do. Go out and live it. Your world changers. God has given us a great opportunity. You're dismissed. Love you. Thank you for being here this morning. To God Wednesday night Bible study. Be the Lord.